Hello, everybody. I'm Glenn Crooks. Roberto Abramowitz will be here in just a moment on NYC FC Views. Long break for New York City FC. Has that been good or bad for the team? We've got reactions from the David Lee interview and our favorite moments on opening weekend in the EPL. All coming up on NYC FC Views. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. NYC FC Views. Collins approaches the shot, and New York City wins the first MLS Cup on their first try. And they're going crazy. Tiracino y gol! Gol! New York City is el campeón! The Major League Soccer! The sickest New York City FC podcast. It's gonna be sick. Roberto, what's happening? I'm Glenn. How are you? How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Look, I know people think that I work in a professional Midtown studio and you uh, are somewhere in the middle of Jersey off an exit someplace, also in a professional studio. As it turns out, uh, well, I'm actually at home in a, a third bedroom, which I've adapted as my office, and you're in your mom's basement someplace that you never get out except for New York City games. So, uh, and the reason I mentioned all of this is because there's construction going on and they're repointing our building and it has been like right outside our window. Right now we have a break, so hopefully we can get this whole podcast in. But if it seems like at some point while I'm talking that Woody Woodpecker or a thousand Woody Woodpeckers are outside my window going at it, then uh, it, it is something like that. I mean, the, the noise level is amazing, but... We're going to try to get this through. We're going to try to get through with this. Hey, I'll mute my it. mic when I'm not talking. Well, I've got you. Uh, I got I got you to purchase this Yeti microphone that's supposed to have all these different controls where you can be directional and and you know yeah get rid of the uh, get rid of all that sound. Hey, listen, you uh, you're right. I, I don't get out much, but I I, I made an amazing <laughs> discovery this weekend when I did get out. Uh, espresso martinis. Have you ever uh -oh. had one of these things? Mm -mm. Oh my god. So I had two of them, which is this about morning? no last night. Oh, well. And then it was down by the beach. And then we're, we're walking back and this band is playing on the beach. Their name. I love Zydeco. Uh, I'm just a real Zydeco fan. You know, that's the New Orleans uh, Cajun music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know, good very stuff. French inspired uh, and uh, great rhythm and beat. And, you know, they play with washboards and it's just fantastic. So we're walking back, and this Zydeco band is playing on the beach, and they were unbelievable. So look up. I want you to look up, Roberto, or I'll send you the link. The Gumbo Goombas, because it's a bunch of All right. in the band. That's a great like, name. Like New Orleans. Yeah, so anyway. For the so Jersey that, Shore, that is a perfect name. Yes, absolutely. Espresso martinis. Ooh, that won't be my last one, I'm, uh, I, I will um, say. I'm sure. I, I think our road trips are going to be very interesting from now on. Yeah, you know we don't have that many left, though. No, we don't. What do we no, have? We, we have we have Washington, DC, United, uh, Miami. DC. That'll be fun, and Miami. Cincinnati, and Cincinnati. That'll be fun, and the yeah, DC Cincinnati's great. DC United will be fun because we'll be uh, put in this location in the press area where we can only see a quarter of the field. <laughs> if a ball goes anywhere above the you know ten feet, we can't see that. 
And uh, like the crossbar, basically. <laughs> I, one of the a terrible moment for me. I've got Anton Tinnerholm, and it worked out. We had a great time. But Anton Tinnerholm's injured, and the club agrees. David Lee, all of them agree to let Anton come in and be my analyst because Maddie couldn't make the game. It's at DC United. I had no I, I and I wore I said to them, I said, look, I've got Anton Tinnerholm with me, man. Put just put at least for this one game, put us in a spot where we can see the field because I, I kind of knew what might be coming because we've been there before. Sure enough, we're in this thing. And the first thing Anton said, and it, he cursed, so I can't say the whole thing, but he goes like, <laughs> what is this? How can you see the field? I said, listen, man, this is the way it is in MLS at some of these stadiums. But uh, I have no, but it, the, the DC United States, Audi Field is the worst. Yeah. I mean, of all the new stadiums, it's it's horrific. I mean, it is really horrific. The, the lack of thought that went into making the press box and the broadcast booth is absolutely outstanding. The, the fact that they put it on the wrong side of the field where yes, the, the sun, sun comes right into you, you can't see. It's not even good. I mean, it's not good for people trying to watch the game, one. Two, it's definitely not good for TV cameras. I mean, it is terrible. And they don't want to invest any more money in sending it to the other side. They could. They could build another press box on the other side. More important than those things you just said is the players. Remember, we've been at games where the players have to shield their eyes on crosses, right? So the cross comes from the left to the right. If 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 you're they're going left to right on the field, and you see the players trying to shield their <laughs> eyes so they can see the cross coming in. Oh my! The worst, the worst engineering and arch. I who whoever's responsible. So here's another thing that drives me crazy. Okay, and this is just our problem and not anybody else's problem. Right. So the press box is for us on the left side of the field, right? On the le- it's literally like at the corner. When we do the games, we're basically in the in the box or at the end line of the games, okay? Now, the dressing room is right to the left of that behind the goal. For us to get to the dressing room, we have to go all the way to the other side of the field in the press box, okay. take an elevator down, and then have to walk another 120 yards back to the other, to the left side of the field. And they go, that's our problem. It's not anybody else's problem. Whatever. It gets my steps in. My watch is happy because I get my steps in when I go there. But, fights to say. you know, that, that, that that's it. it. It is just such a horrific stadium. It just really, really is. DC United but we like going down there. there. Yeah, it's okay going down there. But dead last, not even close in their uh... – in the view from the press box. Just awful. All right, long break here for New York City FC. They're playing minute. We'll, we'll have more of a Minnesota preview, so we're not going to talk much about that because yeah, we're, we're going to be on again on Thursday after uh, we get a chance. Oh, actually, I guess they'll train on Friday this week. I, I forgot about that because the game is Sunday. So we'll, right. we'll still have more of a preview when we do this thing uh, on Thursday. Maybe we'll adjust and wait for practice. I don't know. that not that great that from week to week we can just have these little meetings and Decide that we're not going on today. That's the great thing about a podcast, isn't it? You can go on whatever uh, you want. We, we think. Well, we'll have to see what our bosses say, but yes. Yeah, well, that's if true. If they true. agree. <laughs> so I think the break has been – the long break has been good, although there's no – look, we're trying to find out who's here and who's not. From what I can gather, maybe the most important player in that group of three that we've been monitoring, that is – Julian Fernandez, Alonso Martinez, and Burke Risa. It seems somebody's, I guess, on Instagram, they saw Risa out in in Austin where the the club had a a closed-door scrimmage. And then uh, NYCFC source put up that Martinez scored a goal in that scrimmage. So 
if that's really true, I guess he's here. Uh, but we're hearing nothing about Fernandez. So I'm, I'm just going to surmise that uh, Julian Fernandez is, is not here yet. And that's, that's unfortunate because, you know, again, we're, we're repeating ourselves, I suppose. Ten games left, not here, you know, integration, comfort level, you know, all that stuff, Roberto. But, but the break's been good, I think, because you can at least get these other guys in and get a rest. I think the rest is important. It's a long season. Well, Glenn, to me, the most important thing is the team being able to practice together and integrating all the new talent that they have. So if they're able to play a game in Austin and they played, I mean, that's definitely going to help because you have to get, you have to get that understanding between players. And, you know, no, what a better way to do that with a real game against a real opponent. I think that that's really, really key. You're going to get a lot of reps in practice. And I know practices are very high intensity and, the, you know, everybody goes all out and that's important. But there's something about a game that just makes things better. I mean, now we, you talk about the three guys who are supposed to be here and, uh, you know, we're not entirely sure who's here, who's not. Uh, Julian hopefully is and is able to practice. But as you said, you know, we didn't get a lot of info on this scrimmage that they beat Austin 2-1. to one. But to me, one of the most important things is integrating those, these players. And, you know, guys like uh, Maxi Morales, who are back, right? He's got his yeah. papers. He never lost his papers. So he can slide right in. Now, is he going to play 90 minutes? Or is he going to be coming off the bench? Or is he going to start and do 60? And how they're going to use him? I would expect him to come off the bench against Minnesota. And then from then on, they're going to, you know, figure out how he's doing you know, how he looks, you know, what his fitness level is and all this. Let's remember, he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore, soccer-wise. So, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you can get the most out of him and, and not hurt him. These 10, these 10 games that are remaining, all key. There isn't a moment that you can uh, turn off because that could be the difference between qualifying for the playoffs or not. Yeah. So what we'll... Uh... What we're going to do is when we see Nick Cushing this week, whether it's Thursday or Friday, we'll really we'll ask about each player. Andres Perea, I'm sure, played a lot in that Austin match as well. Yeah. Uh, another newcomer who's going to be important down the stretch uh, as well. Let's go back. Uh, we, we had David Lee exclusively last week, uh, about 35 minutes or so, and uh, went through a number of things. I suppose the uh, uh, well, first, our, our guy, Tony Larson. We love Tony Larson. Put this one up, Sammy, you know, because he. He does listen to everything that both – he's been a supporter from uh, day one, uh, yes. 2015. We've been there since the first kick. And Tony is like the first guy to really, you know, help to get people and supporters know that we exist, our, our broadcasts and, and the different things we do on social media. So he really uh, enjoyed the uh, the interview. And, yeah, we did talk Maxi, Neymar, uh, Me uh, Messi, Tylus. And uh, I, I'm happy you enjoyed the listen. There's going to be somebody a little further down whose tweet uh, is going to maybe come back and say he didn't necessarily enjoy it as much as <laughs> as much as Tony. But the first thing I think the thing that got the most reaction, of course, was Neymar, where David Lee. Yeah. Uh, if I could find, I've got this somewhere. I've got his exact quote. So forgive me. Well, just what, when he said. He said, this one for me is simple. And this is about the rumors of Neymar uh, coming to MLS and more specifically NYCFC uh, after he gets out of his contract with PSG. Uh, what David said was, this one is simple. Uh, you have to, 
you have to either are or were be a free agent at the close of the transfer window, which he would not have been, even if he becomes a free agent. So I'm going by those words. So, uh, but then uh, put up the Hudson uh, River Blue, Sammy. So this tweet comes out after uh, listening to our uh, podcast, Hudson River Blue, but also the Fabrizio Romano um, information here that now it looks like Neymar is going to sign for a couple of years with Saudi Arabia. So I don't know. You know what I would do if I was an M- if I was an MLS team or any other team, I'd have scouts in Saudi Arabia all the time. They're going to be enough high quality players that are going to go there, sample life there for a year and say, this isn't for me. I can't do this for my family or for whatever reasons. I can't do this. I want to be able to get back to the Western world and come back. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to stick it out and have a great time and be good, but it's not for everybody. And I think that there's going to be a lot of talent coming back after sampling a year over there. It's a different way of life than you know than than we're accustomed to especially if you have a family because of all the restrictions that there are for women there that obviously we don't have over here so um we'll see what uh winds up happening there i want to give a shout out to tony as well okay tony larson because not only has he been with us since day one remember when uh new york city opened up a shop on 14th street and it was yeah. a pop-up shop for a couple of months and all that. And that then we fun. had um, we we had John Patrick with us, uh, John Patrickoff rather, w- with us as as a you know. And we did our podcast. We did soccer in the city when we we're doing that. We did a few episodes right there, yeah. live with an audience. He was always there. I mean, he has been yeah, such a great supporter. He's a great yeah. supporter for the demon. He's a great supporter for us. And I just want everybody to know that we really appreciate him. Yeah, and uh, we had Patrick Hoff, we had uh, Roddy Wallace, remember yeah. that? And then at that pop-up shop, my, one of my uh, really favorite moments as uh, someone doing interviews is getting Patrick Vieira for an hour. That was, uh, and I know you were there for that, and I appreciated that. And uh, yeah, that was a cool, I, I, I wish they'd bring the pop-up shop, of course, COVID and everything else, but the pop-up shop was a pretty cool concept. I don't know how it, it I don't know how it ultimately worked for the club, you know. We had a good time. I don't know if it, you know, how great it was. So here's what I would do if I was New York City FC. Some free advice because they won't put me on their payroll for this. <laughs> uh, do a pop-up shop at the beginning of next season, okay, on Roosevelt Avenue. Go rent out a place for a couple of months yeah. on Roosevelt Avenue. Do it up and bring as many A-listers as possible. Be as visible as possible. Literally paint the street blue in front of whatever locale that you're able to get and let's do a pop-up shop that's in and out on roosevelt avenue uh that would be the best thing it really would be let's do it hey put Corey clayton up sammy uh this again uh, now this is about neymar again so uh Corey said well let's you know he's free in the summer 2025 to to your deal comes to mls right before the world cup that'd be good timing i guess right yeah, he's still young. I mean, he's not like 35 or anything. I think Neymar is either 29 or 30. So He's uh, 30. Yeah, he's 30. All right. So that 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 were getting him at 32 could be worse. That's a year that, that that's how old David Villa was when he came to New York City. Okay, and then uh, the last tweet will show uh, T Gerhardt who uh your buddy. He, uh, he, yeah, well, you know, he's uh, he's followed me. I don't know if he follows you. He's put a, he's put a bunch of stuff up. He's he's retweeted or liked some of my I stuff. I know, before. I know. 
So, but now it's like uh, too many softball questions for David Lee. And I, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that other than, you know, sometimes you can't uh, dig in quite the manner maybe supporters would like you to dig because, uh, you know, it's like the old, uh, I, I, here's, here's what I know about David. Whenever we uh, are with him on the road or, or we have uh, times to chat with him, um, to be honest with you, and this is just the way it is, they're, they're off the record conversations. We can't, we can't, you know, they're, he's telling us things that are, that are really um, uh, interesting and they provide good background for us so that maybe we can, you know, understand things a little bit better. But, but a lot of that is, is, is confidential to the point where, you know, it's not, uh, it's not worth diving into something that you know is, is going to be maybe misconstrued or construed as, hey, you're digging into a territory that you shouldn't be in. And so I think, you know, when you prepare an interview like that, I mean, and anybody, I'm not saying, you know, maybe there are other questions that could have been asked. Maybe they could have been framed in certain ways to, to make it work. But, um, you know, I was satisfied with the interview that we learned a couple of things about Pedetta and Maxi and the disappointment in Tylus. Um, I, I don't think we've heard anybody, you know, in his position publicly say, you know, Tylus has not been good in, in essence. I mean, whatever words he used. Yeah. He, well, he hasn't cut it as far as what they expected from him. Yeah. So no. I mean, that doesn't mean he's a good, he's not a good talent and he does have potential no. or anything, but they, you know, they were hoping that he would be able to basically do what Tati Castellanos did, which was fit in as a, as a center forward and learn the position and, and go in that and go in that direction. But it didn't quite work out because there aren't that many Tati Castellanos in the world that you can convert from a winger to a center forward and literally teach him the position. Because when Tati first started playing center forward, he was all over the place. He wasn't, you know, where he was supposed to be and he had to learn. But once he did learn, because uh, the way he listens, the way he, uh, he prepares and, you know, the, the way he is, I mean, he turned out to be a really, really good center forward to the point of where now he's a center forward at Napoli. And that, you know, that, that that's an A-level squad, okay? That is an absolute A-level squad. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that if they continue to try to do this with Tylo, with Tylus, that he wouldn't be able to get it and become a very, very good center forward that way. But maybe he's just really much better suited to be a wing and go at players one-on-one, -on -one, which is really what he thrives at is getting the ball deep, you know, getting the ball, you know, past uh, the halfway line and then running at players, beating them, shooting or setting somebody else up. That's his strong point. That's his forte. And that's what I guess they're going to have to work on more with him I have to, to be work. more effective because it's it, it, it has been a disappointing season based on the level of talent, the level is, of talent that it he is, has. It's beyond disappointing. Look, what, no matter what the word is from camp, it is beyond disappointing, Roberto. It's monumentally disappointing, his production, because I, I don't know how you guys describe it from the broadcast booth, but, you know, Maddie and I, and, and we're tough on them sometimes, but it's just the way he, he connects with the shots, the, the lack of confidence and certainly goal scorers, that's if they are, yeah. they're not confident, it's not going to happen. But um, he's been monumentally disappointing for the for what we've seen coming in, because what you expect is growth from a player. Everybody's talking about he's only 20 years old. Well, he was 100 times better last year as a 19 year old. So shouldn't he be 
shouldn't he be moving forward in his game? You know, he, and now- should, he should be, but based on what's going on and how they wanted to use him and the players around him, you know, not having Maxi Morales or anybody who is similar to Maxi Morales around, who sets people up, puts them in the right position and gives them the ball with the right weight, white speed, and puts it, you know, puts it in the right place, really makes a difference as well. And when you lose your confidence because you're not scoring goals, and uh, I believe it's April 22nd since his last goal, so yeah, uh, it's right. back yeah. then. So yeah. uh, unless you start getting one and you get a cheap one or an easy one or maybe one on a penalty kick or something mm-hmm. – where your confidence level changes and then everything else starts working, it's hard. You hope that, you know, he can get one against Minnesota and maybe that starts the engines for him. But, I mean, he's going to have it in limited time because his days of starting all the time aren't here. I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in a rotation between him, Ledesma, Santi Rodriguez, and what I mentioned, Ledesma, although they don't play the same position, it's because if you play Ledesma, Santi goes to the wing, Titus goes to the bench, et cetera, et cetera. Or, if, you know, there's a lot yeah, of I'm different gonna, ways that that plays. So. I'm going to look at this the same way as I looked at the goalkeepers last week where I said, pick who's your starter uh, against Minnesota and let that keeper roll the rest of the way. I think there's got to be a consistency to the 11 so they can – you know, learn each other's movements a little better. So whether it's Magna, you know, you know, Bakrar is going to be up the middle, but who's on either side of him? That's who's, who's underneath him. Is it Santi? Is it Maxi? Is it Ledesma? So if you, to me, if you are in like a, a massive rotation of, of players, you've got to pick players that you can count on and you've got to go with them game in and game out. I think that's my belief uh, I, I will ask Nick this directly about the goalkeeper and the rest. If he feels like he's got to really find, you know, 13 or 14 players tops to to get this thing done over the last 10 games. You know, injuries, you know, sometimes things happen in games and now you're making, you know, you're making a fundamental changes, you know, based on uh, tactics and things. That's, that's different. I'm, I'm just talking about a group that can learn how to play with each other and, and be comfortable with each other down the stretch because certainly th- that connection in the final third has been part of the issue. I think that matchups are going to dic- uh, are rather games are going to dictate matchups. I think that he's going to go game by game and see who's defending yeah. and see what the best, you know, know, what the best strategy is to beat that team. And maybe one player is better than the other. As he said, you know, it depends also how you train. There's a, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know this. We know that Tyler's already got benched one game because he didn't train properly during the week, and then he had a talking to, and then all of a sudden he was training really, really well. Yeah. So all these things are going to no. happen. I mean, they're not yep. robots. You know, this isn't FIFA, you know, where you can just, you know, do that, and sometimes you're just going to have to mix it, uh, mix it up. But that is the one disadvantage about the planning from game to game. And I mean, from a, you know, theoretically, of course, that's the way you want to do. You have all this data, you have all this stuff. Yeah, maybe it, uh, Magno's tools are better against the fullback for Minnesota. And then, you know, your your next match against Cincinnati, it's, uh, you know, maybe Pellegrini's better because of this. I Yeah, I get all yeah. that. I'm just saying the lack of connectivity in that final third of the field, the front six, the front five, the front four, whatever you want to call all those guys together, uh, has, uh, I think, been an issue in terms of uh, – and you could say, well, they created 12 chances one game, uh, eight chances the next uh, compared to two for their opponent. I know all that happened, but there aren't goals in the back of the net, and I just think having some sort of consistency in there 
you know, in the lineup, despite who you're playing. We're, it's like be concerned more about yourselves than what's going on on the other side, you know? Get, mm -hmm. get yourself right. I, I get that. I fully yeah. get that. So what I'm going to do also, because now that you put this in my mind, I want to ask my stats guru, Sean Cabrera, to uh, go through and see how many times New York City's actually repeated a lineup this year from game to game. All right. That's I don't think idea. it's happened very often, by the way. Yeah, if we can I get mean, I'd be surprised if it's more than twice. So we'll share that and later. It may not have even happened. All right, so uh, big game against Minnesota this week. We're going to talk more about that um, before that match is played here on NYCFC Views. Remember, you've got to subscribe to YouTube. You have to subscribe to Apple, and you have to subscribe to Spotify. Or if you just listen on you Apple, just subscribe to Apple. And you... Some people have you Apple and Spotify. Yeah, yeah, that's well, it. Well, well, Apple and Spotify are totally different. It really depends. I mean, Apple Music is different than Apple Podcasts. I, I don't want to try to explain this to you, Glenn. It's going to no, go don't over explain your head. It. But, don't explain uh, it. Spotify is very similar to Apple Music. It's not similar to Apple Podcasts. Okay. Okay. So but you can subscribe to any one of the three, and then you'll be able uh, you'll be able to find us. If you do it on Apple, uh, if you do it on Apple Podcasts, and you don't have to see us, that might be a bonus, uh, depending on your point of view. Well, you know, speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> uh, NYCFC two. I thought we should mention MD Myers. He now leads. MLX Next Pro with 15 goals, and he's scored five of those in the last two matches. Uh, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to no, miss no. out on the playoffs. That's not true yet. Just let me finish. Uh, they've All got right. the, uh, they beat my, Inter Miami 5 0, and he scored three in that one. And then uh, up 3 1, they lose to Orlando City 4 3, but he had a pair in that one. I think that was uh, on uh, Sunday night. Uh, but here's the, here's yes. the, coinc here's the coincidence. So New York City FC 2, six matches to play, four points off a playoff spot. Sound familiar? Now, the senior team has 10 matches to play, but they are also four points off a playoff spot. So that's the little comparison there. All right? Right. That was a big game to lose because if they had won that game, they would only be one point off, and that puts them in a good position. I, I'm, I, I feel bad. You must have been a math major. You must have been a math major. You must have been a math major. Uh, no, not quite. So if, uh, they got three, Simple if, they, if they're four points out of a playoff berth and they won last night to earn three, if they had won the game, they'd only be one point out. Awesome. Go ahead. Make your point. Uh, I haven't seen NYCFC two this year. I feel bad. I, I really do want to go see them. I want to see Maxi Carrizo play. I want to see a lot of the, I want to see MD Myers and, uh, see if he's developed enough to maybe get a, get a run with New York city, uh, with a big club too. Because remember, well, he was drafted. Paul Caligiuri, when we saw him at the uh, coaches' convention, waxed poetic on this guy. I mean, waxed poetic. I mean, it was like he was talking about his son that that he knew better than everybody. And uh, I was excited for him. Must, and I came in and I was like, I, I remember coming in to see Nick and going, oh, well, they really spoke really well of uh, – of uh, MD Myers, and what, what do you think? Well, we put him on tour already. We caught him. That's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, another uh, interesting note. We've mentioned it once before, but uh, Patrick Mullins is his agent, too, which is interesting, former All right. New York City forward. Hey, one other thing that just before I leave NYCFC, too, I'm, you know, I look at the box score and see the whole thing. It gets sent into our inbox. The assistant referee for this one, uh, Jessica Carnaval, and I'm like, Jessica Carnaval? I coached a Jessica. Sure enough, I looked up. So I coached her uh, in the New Jersey Olympic Development Program. She was a midfielder, uh, ended up going to Villanova, but um, 
but Jessica Carnival is now a, a referee. So Jessica, if anybody knows Jessica or family's listening or anything like that, please uh, tell her I gave her a shout out. Uh, time to kick it around, Roberto. All right, Roberto, we got about 10 minutes left. You understand me? <laughs> well, I think we have less than that, but go ahead. We're going to get yelled at again. No, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, but I do, you know, EPL opening weekend, It's that's always pretty thrilling. And Man City uh, kicks it off, one of our sister clubs here, New York City FC's sister Manchester City, uh, winning their match. And uh, just I want to get to that in a minute because it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, they played Burnley and, uh, you know, it wasn't a particularly uh, difficult opener for them. But my favorite moment was off the field. Jack Harrison loaned by Leeds to Everton. That just happened, uh, I think, earlier today. No. What was it? Did, it? did that get finalized? Because Aston Villa wanted him. No, he's that at Everton. Did finalized? Everton. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen just to me. Listen. No. Li- okay, listen so to me. On Everton's official Twitter account, they welcomed him into the club. What do you want me to oh, say? Okay. Because Everton wanted him. And then Aston Villa jumped in. Stop. Okay. Aston Villa jumped in. And they wanted him. And they, they were going to do everything. But then, like, every, everybody did their medical. And he's, like, six weeks out, right? Because he's injured. So he was six weeks out. But he, as of last night... He was going to Aston Villa, so obviously things changed overnight. They're six hours ahead of us in uh, London, so uh, or five hours in London, six in Paris, and uh, so things changed, and he went to Everton. Okay, well, so that's, an, like, that's an extra minute uh, describing what we were to do. All right, so anyway, you, you should get <laughs> up early. Good luck for Jack. Good luck you for should, Jack. You should I'm get really, up earlier. Uh, hope he does well. All right, you should get up earlier in the morning. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, that's not happening. Well, that, then that's not out, happening. Then you miss out What's on the news. What's your favorite moment of the weekend? Oh, okay. okay, I was going to ask you. No, so I'm going to. I'll do this quickly because it's a tactical thing, and it's Man City. So, and you have to read the Athletic. I think it's a really good description. If you get a uh, if you're a subscriber, you got to pay to get the Athletic. Stuart James wrote a column, and I noticed again yesterday watching Man City, Ederson moving up and becoming and we've seen Barraza do this for New York City moving up and becoming part of the back four like very high up the pitch to and and what this does is it it creates confusion you know for the opponent do I close down the you know the goalkeeper and if I do and you got feet like Ederson you know you just bypass the midfield and boom 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 so he wrote this beautiful um tactical account of not so much yesterday, but against Bayern in a, in a preseason scrimmage. So I think it's worth your read. That's my favorite uh, moment uh, of the weekend is is seeing the goalkeeper as a member of the back four in the uh, what arguably is the best league uh, in the world. Okay, what's yours? Okay, so my favorite is this. A while back, maybe three or four years, maybe longer, okay, there was this video that came out. It was Thierry Henry talking, I believe, on Sky Sports or some European um, TV network. And he was talking about Barcelona and about the way they play. And then he added a little bit of a story about how he was put on the left wing. This is Pep Guardiola's uh, Barcelona. And he was on left wing. And during the first half, everything was happening on the right side. Okay. And 
Pep is very strict about how you move, where you go. So basically you stay on your wing 75 yards. And then after that, you can freelance a little bit when the ball crosses into that final third. Okay. And then over there, you can start freelancing a little bit and all that. But everything was coming down the right side. Who's on the right side? Messi's on the right side. So everything's on the right side. He's alone, never gets the ball. Finally, he says, you know, I'm, I'm tired of watching all these guys play over there. And he starts joining in. He has a couple of one-twos. He gets a brilliant pass and he scores a goal. And they go into the locker room ahead one nothing. Pep Guardiola comes into him, says, I told you to stay on the left side. Takes him out of the game. Scored the only goal. Took him out of the game because of indiscipline, tactical indiscipline. You can't do that to Pep. So what happens this weekend? Erring Holland scores two goals for Man City against uh, Burnley. They're going off at halftime, and one of the cameras on the field catches Guardiola laying in to Holland, just laying into him to the point of where when Holland now finally goes up a little ahead, Guardiola goes and pushes the camera away. It was funny. It's like, don't mess with Pep. If he tells you this is the way he wants you to play, he doesn't care how many goals you score. You freaking listen. And you could see Howland wasn't talking back. He just had his head down. He was getting reamed. And it was public. Yep. You don't do that. That was, uh, that was my favorite because it doesn't yeah. matter how big a name you are. You're not bigger than Pep. Pep yep. will put you in your place. Good for him. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. That, that was, uh, that was so my both- uh, favorite moment. So we both had pep moments in essence because he must have been in the lab in the offseason, you know, because it's a back three, it's a back four, and there's a goalkeeper, you know, and it's it's risky. And, you know, they might cough one up along the way. But imagine the um, – and what Burnley did, and, you know, that's uh, Vincent Company. So this was a nice little matchup. So Company yeah. played – he man-marked everybody all over the pitch, which doesn't happen very often. And so Ederson was on the ball a lot of times, like 40 yards from his own goal, just with the sole of his foot on top of the ball and no Burnley player coming close to him. They were like, okay, we're so, not. So where is Ederson from? Well, Brazil. Yes. <laughs> being a goalie or not being a goalie, they are so comfortable with the ball on their feet, at their feet. Well, because they, is... they played. I mean, they, did, they just weren't in goal all the time and never kicked the ball. They played. <laughs> No, this they is play. one they, they're as comfortable as anybody else on the field. Well, this is one to watch because you know Pep has been uh, quote unquote copied before as far as you know tactical adjustments in the game. You know the uh, the inverted fullbacks and, and the rest, which he did at Bayern Munich after he left Barcelona, and uh, so cool stuff. Hey, the final thing I, I would say here, uh, and maybe you know something I don't, Alexander Collins. So he's not a, he's still at Girona. His contract expires June 30th, 2025. He wasn't in the squad over the weekend. They had a 1-1 draw at Real Sociedad and he's not on the injured list. So you have any idea what's going on? I haven't really checked his Instagram to say see anything. Um so no no idea. But uh if it doesn't work out for him and he's not playing then maybe he should Go someplace else. Come back here. Whatever, uh, whatever needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, the word is he's not. Not necessarily back here. New York City, but at least the league. Not. I don't think. And it's well, happening. we've seen that. So. 
Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. Well, Roberto, wonderful stuff. Uh, when we come back a little later in the week, we will have uh, diagnosed Minnesota a little bit more and see who's training with New York City FC and might play in that match on Sunday at City Field. So uh, good stuff, man. Get your tickets now. Fill up that joint. That's It's a good place to watch. A, it's seriously a de- really decent place to watch a game. It, it really is. And uh, the, the sight lines are better. It's closer to the field. Uh, depending where you're sitting. So uh, if you haven't checked out City Field yet, make the trek. It's it's worth it. It's on a Sunday. It'll be nice, easy peasy. All right. So for Roberto, I'm Glenn. Remember to subscribe, YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, and rate us. Whatever you want to say. Write reviews. It helps. Yes, Even right if they're review. like the one that killed Glenn. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. You what, whatever, you, whatever you want to do. All right. I do it all the time. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you again soon. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast NYCFC views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.